Hello there and welcome into the latest installment of the Career Competitor Podcast with me, Steve Meller, and as a member of the CG Sports Network, we are the show that seeks to light the competitive fire within you in order to succeed within your career. And I'm especially excited for this particular episode today as I have the opportunity to sit down and discuss my favorite sport from growing up back in England, the sport of football as we know it in England is the sport of soccer here in the United States. I recently had the opportunity to sit down with U.S. national team member Johnny Bornstein, who is currently playing within the MLS for the Chicago Fire. Johnny has had now a 15-year career within the sport at the professional level, spent nine years of, of that career in Mexico, and has played a few years now within the U.S. as well. Something that I definitely encourage everybody to be paying attention to within this episode is the trials and tribulations that Johnny has had to go through at times on a more personal level in order to get to the point in his career where he's so comfortable with the the individual that he is that it actually allowed him to achieve a more optimal level in his professional performance as a competitor within the sport of soccer. So it's just a really insightful and I'm very appreciative as well for Johnny's willingness to provide some candid perspective on his career and his personal life as well in order for us to really get to the the bottom of the competitor that Johnny is. And so I'm just very excited to be bringing this episode to you. Any excuse for me to sit down and talk a little football with somebody is always very much welcomed as far as I'm concerned. So Let's dive right in to our interview here today with U.S. national team member and soccer player for the Chicago Fire within the MLS, Johnny Bornstein, and I hope you all enjoy. Before we jump into our discussion, I'd love just to give you some insight into things that you can be doing to follow the show, especially if this is your first time joining us. Firstly, thank you so much for taking the time to download the show. Secondly, make sure you give us a follow on Spotify if that's what you're listening to us on. You can subscribe through Apple Podcasts. You can also reach out to us through Instagram at career underscore competitor. Give me a follow there. Be sure to also feel free to reach out to me through LinkedIn if you'd like to connect. And finally, make sure you're also on the Career Competitor Podcast website. That's careercompetitor.com where you can find very easy access to all the most recent episodes and have that opportunity to reach out and connect with me directly through the website as well. Well, I am uh, absolutely excited to be welcoming on Johnny Bornstein to the Career Competitor Podcast. Before I go any further, Johnny, how are you today? Well, um, you know, anxious to get the season started for the for the MLS. You know, we've yep. been on, on vacation, but, you know, enjoying the time here in Mexico with my family. Mm. Uh, and, you know, very excited to be on, on the podcast with you today. Talk about competitiveness. Uh, you know, great things have happened in my life because of competitive, uh, competitive nature. So, uh, you know, definitely happy to be able to talk to you about that. Absolutely, yeah. Let's get onto some of that great stuff. Uh, you know, for for listeners to just appreciate who I'm talking to here, a, a guy that's been fortunate enough to to represent his country no less than 38 times. Am I right? Um, so that's. Uh, already a, an impressive stat to be able to say as a as a professional soccer player and 
someone who who actually had the opportunity to go to a World Cup in 2010, which again, my English roots make me insanely jealous of just that and that alone. Um, but in terms of just your career as a whole, Johnny, just tell everybody about just how long you've been doing this, where it all started, just bring us all the way up to the present day. Yeah, I mean, very quickly, kind of, you know, it goes all the way back to when I was a really young kid. Um, growing up in the States, obviously, soccer wasn't the most popular sport especially 30 some odd years ago Mm. when uh you know i first touched the soccer ball um but you know i was i was three years old when i had my first memories of kind of kicking the ball around and Mm. i owe a lot of that to my older brother because he was he's 18 months older than i am and so he was five and they allowed him to uh to play in ayso which is Mm. the american youth soccer organization and my dad was the coach. So he asked the league, hey, I have this younger son, not five, but he can keep up with those guys. Can you play? And they allowed me to play uh, alongside my brother and my dad uh, as a coach. So awesome. I owe both of those guys pretty much everything <laughs> in terms of a competitive nature. You know, they, they taught me exactly what, what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, but very quickly, you know, I started when I was three. Fast forward to high school, you know, had a very successful high school career in Los Alamitos High School in Southern California. You know, we won a CIF championship. And then from there, I continued playing at a competitive level, going to uh, Cal Poly Pomona mm-hmm. for two years, which is a Division II school, before transferring to UCLA, uh, which is Division I, you know, top, top-notch sure. soccer school. Um, played two seasons there and then eventually got drafted by Chivas USA, Mm-hmm. Uh, in the MLS in 2006, which sparked my professional career. Mm-hmm. Um, and you kind of mentioned the World Cup, playing with the national team over the years. Fast forward to today, where I'm back in uh, the MLS after having left to play in Mexico for almost a decade mm. and a stint in Israel for a little bit and my return back to the MLS. But um, so now it's going on, I think this, is my, this will be my 16th season or 15th season, um, wow. 15th year playing. And uh, I'm just trying to keep this ride going as long as I can, hmm. to be honest. That's fantastic. Yeah. And, it, it, you know, any field, sport, anything outside of sport, whatever it may be, 15 years of something, is, it's, a long, it's a long time. Uh, it's it's a, a true commitment. And you, we talk about competitiveness, obviously, and, and that – for me, in the, in the sport of soccer, it, it is all about the camaraderie, right? The, the constant camaraderie of being with other men and, and, and having that opportunity to, to compete as a, as a unit. And I'm sure some of your favorite memories within the sport of soccer are with those teams where you felt the competitive drive collectively above anything else. And just with that in mind, talk to us. I referenced it at the beginning, you know, just talk to us about that journey to the world cup there in 2010 and, and what it's like to, you know, you've, you've mentioned it already and we'll go into a little bit about the sort of, let's say way in which soccer is lesser on the priority scale with sports in the U S we'll talk about that in a little bit. Cause it is something I want to get into, but just talk to me about that journey there going to a world cup in 2010, what that was like as just a, a competitor of, of, of the sport. You know, in terms of my journey for that 2010 world cup, it all started the moment I got drafted with Chivas USA. Mm. Um, I say that because for two reasons. I mean, Bob Bradley 
had just become the coach of Chivas USA. Uh Um, And he drafted me to play as a rookie Mm -hmm. uh, for Chivas USA. He only drafted two people uh, that season from the the four rounds of the MLS Super Draft. Mm -hmm. Myself and Sasha Kleschen, who also was a a prominent national team player over the 15 years of his his career that's still going on as well. Um, But so in 2006, I got my my opportunity to to play professionally. Um, That first season, Bob turned everything around for Chivas USA. The season before that, they won three games out of 32. Um, And then when he took it over, added a lot of American talent, guys with experience, a lot of new young faces. Uh, myself included, and we qualified for the playoffs. Bob got coach of the year. I won rookie of the year. Mm. And then fast forward to January of the next 2007, Bob is now the national team coach. Mm. And I get my first call up. And from there, just with a constant, you know, national team call up after call up, uh, camp after camp, which was great because, you know, I was getting some great experience playing with with some super famous guys, sure. um, guys with immense talent, uh, guys I never imagined I would have been playing against yeah. and with uh, when I was growing up playing in the street with my brother and sure. all my friends, you know. So um, that's kind of how and why I was able to kind of break through onto the national team. Mm-hmm. I owe a lot of that to Bob Bradley. Um, and then uh, again, you know, with the competitive nature of the 2010 team who – Never felt like we were out of a game. Didn't matter who we were playing against. Um, you know, there's so many stories we could talk about of, uh, of games where, you know, we scored late minute goals to, to push ourselves through to, a, to the next round or, um, you know, in the World Cup, the game against Algeria, we scored late minute goal to put ourselves through first mm. in the group. Um, you know, that was kind of like the, the competitive nature that that team had was, we never felt like we were out of a game. We didn't matter the score. We were going to fight until the very end. Mm-hmm. Um, and no one was going to be able to take anything away from us uh, at any moment. Uh, yeah. So I think a lot of that came from Bob. You know, he, he built this culture around the team of, of competing on a daily basis, trying to get better uh, every single training session. You know, if you're not trying to get better, then you should just like step off the field and sure. retire because, uh, <laughs> you know, that's, that's not what he wanted. And that's, that's kind of a new mentality of a lot of coaches, I think. Um, mm. But in 2008, 2009, you know, it was, it was new to me. And I think it was new to a lot of players. So uh, very, very, very fortunate to have had him as a coach and, and for all the opportunities that I was given with him. Yeah. Um, and then for myself, you know, the whole process was just always just a, a dream come true because mm. like I said before, I never really growing up, considered playing professional soccer it was Mm. always something i like to do but you know i was always studying to to be a professional in the business world or maybe become a teacher or um you know something i just didn't think that playing professional soccer was a was an avenue that was viable for me Mm -hmm. Um, that all changed when i arrived at ucla Um, but before that i mean it was it was like there were a lot of other better players who probably were going to make it. Sure, um, sure. And I, I, what but, I, I was just going to say, yeah. I was going to say something there is that 
I think so many times when I hear these types of stories where someone is just so dialed into the, and it sounds funny to say, use a term like dialed in, but to say you were so dialed into the fact that you weren't going to be a professional soccer player, that it almost took you out of that everyday, maybe pressure vacuum that people can sometimes put on themselves when all all of their being is going into pursuing this one thing. Do you find that looking back now, it was almost a good thing for you that you weren't so insistent on this being your career, that it was always something that, Hey, you know what? I'm just going to keep going one level at a time. And when I get to that level, I'm going to try and get like, talk me through that. You know, I, I've talked about in, in other interviews and stuff about how I always flew under the radar. Hmm. Um, you know, I was always on good teams. I was always um, playing with good players but just never being noticed in the way that I felt I should be. Mm. Um, which also I feel like is what drove me. It drove me to, to prove people wrong. It, it, it drove me to, to become better than the, my teammates, uh, even though I may not have started out better or you know, better or even close to their level. Um, you know, I can easily just walk you through my, my club career, which club soccer in the United States, I don't even know if it's, very popular anymore but at the time when I was growing up it was either you played AYSO and then you advanced to club level soccer and within the club scene there was silver teams gold teams and premier teams and up until a U15 I was playing in a silver elite team because I really you know economic situation with my parents um, my dad was always working I didn't have a ride to practices like a lot of factors, you know? Mm. So then when I got my license, that all changed. I went and tried out for the best premier league <laughs> club team, which was the Irvine strikers. Um, okay. One of my, one of my high school teammates, really good friends, my brother's best friend uh, growing up. He played for the Irvine strikers, but the U 17, I was going to be trying out for the U 16. So mm. um, basically went, got the tryout, made the team and then it was like okay everything just started a new level moving up in level like you said every single step of the way was what kind of gave me the drive to get better to beat out those guys who now i'm joining and they're better than me but i can become better than them mm. and so that was kind of how i grew up too i mean because i had to be like that because of my bro older brother sure. and all of his friends um my dad always pinning my, my brother and I against each other, <laughs> playing one-on-one -on -one two hand touch football where he would right. be the quarterback and my brother and I would just play off on defense. Mm. You know, I always had to keep up with him. My brother and I would play one-on-one -on -one basketball almost every single day after school from like fourth grade until seventh grade. Mm -hmm. And we would play to a hundred by two Jeez. and literally play one after another. Wow. Um, yeah, so I mean, lots of chances in my life where I needed to be competitive and mm. have that drive to keep going, you know. But it was also something I, I cherished. I, you know, I wouldn't trade those moments for the world. Right. Um, Clearly, you, you're someone who has been very comfortable making things happen for yourself uh, over the years, and I think that is a uh, that. Funnily enough, I would say that's a very 2020, 2021 thing because I think we live in an era now where here I am with heading into almost my third about two and a half years now into this podcast and um 
you know, something I started for myself, something I did for myself. And I think we live in a world now where you have the opportunity to do things for yourself as a competitor, whether it is podcasting, whether it is something else. And here you were back in 2004, 2005, literally taking your career in your own hands and saying, this is what I want to get from my career. So I'm going to go ahead and do it, whether it's sneaking into meetings that were for parents only, or, you know, obviously having those opportunities to, to head over to a prestigious program like UCLA and then get drafted. I think clearly flying under the radar, yes, but while you're under the radar, you had those intentions of getting to the next level and you took control and took ownership of that. And I think when you become a professional then and you're suddenly at this level, and you're at things like a World Cup in 2010, whatever it may be, I think those traits are what are going to allow you to then be successful at the highest level once you get there, is that you're, you're so used and it's so ingrained in you to do things that way. Um, when you have a coach like Bob Bradley turn around and say, Johnny, I want it done this way, you know, you don't need that message probably being repeated again because that's who you are. It's, that's your DNA by that point of your career. And, and just with that in mind, in that environment there with, with the national team, with some of those certainly household names, the team in 2010 was, was as, as generational a team the U.S. soccer team has probably ever had. Um, you know, it really was a purely, you know, incredibly successful team, players playing in Europe, Premier League, et cetera. You know, just talk to me a little bit about maybe what you learned from then being at the highest level? Because I'm sure at that point you were like, hey, I made it. I'm here. I know I know how this thing works. And then lo and behold, someone walks along who you're just like, holy shit, I know who that is. And wow, you know, they're doing things in a way that I didn't even imagine we could do it that way. You know, talk to me a little bit about how your eyes may have been opened even bigger to just the way in which the sport is supposed to be done. I would... I would say, you know, arriving at the professional ranks in 2006 was that eye opener. Mm. But then playing on the national team, you know, that first year in 2007, the January camp is a lot of new faces always. Mm. Uh, you know, it's, it's an opportunity for a lot of the MLS guys to get a, get a look. Um, so, yeah, it was like a step up at that point. But really, the next, the second game where they sent home a lot of the players who were. Uh. Um, you know, yeah. in that first game um, and arrived the European players. Right. Guys who had the big names. It was like, okay, this is a whole different, whole different, <laughs> uh, you know, meeting room, a whole different dinner table, a whole different. Yeah. Um, I remember the first, you know, the first camp that I was at where guys like Landon Donovan, Clint Dempsey, um, Ogucho Nyewu, Carlos Bocanegra, mm. mm. Trundolo, um, you know, who else was oh, Tim Howard. Sure. Those guys arrived and it was a whole nother level. I mean, it, you know, I, I had only been communicating and learning from guys who were in the MLS and now I was learning from guys who were in quality teams in Europe, mm. playing at the best level and champions and, you know, in Europa League. Um, and so that was even more eye-opening. And sure. when I was able to see through the trainings and, you know, the games, playing with them day after day. Wow, I can, I can hold myself here with these guys also. Yeah. yeah. Then it was like, okay, now it's to just earn that spot and mm. keep going and continue to get better. Um, and I really didn't, you know, 
you know, we can keep going even to the World Cup. My goal was to play once I made the team and you know, get minutes in the game. Um, I was very fortunate to have played in two of those games, the, the you know, the Slovenia or the Algeria game mm-hmm. and the Ghana game where we mm-hmm. lost in double overtime. Um, and throughout that whole experience, seeing these guys having the success they were having in Europe, having overseas in different places, that became my new goal was to, to do well enough to where I could get myself, whether it was to Europe or to Mexico or to just to keep growing and get, mm-hmm. you know, I could have stayed in the MLS and I was very comfortable at Chivas USA, you know, was at the time where Sasha Kleschen and I were both, you know, right there with the experience, captain of the team, um, you know, could have been an easy thing to do to just stay, but I wanted a new challenge. I wanted something, yep. uh, something new. And, you know, I took on a big challenge going to Mexico sure. um, because not just because of the soccer, but because of the, the culture changed, the language barrier. I didn't speak Spanish. Uh, so we can go into that later, but uh, that kind well, of- no, I, I definitely, I definitely wanted there. to go into that because I think that's, that's a huge, huge part of the, the compet- your, your competitive story um, is mm-hmm. the fact that, you know, I, I, I'm from England and as far as, as far as I'm concerned, that's as passionate as it gets because that's what I'm used to growing up. But it didn't take me long when I saw a few videos of fans in Italy and I saw fans in Spain and then I see fans in Mexico and I'm like, these guys, this is a religion. This is a religion to these guys. Their sports team, it's like family and soccer team. It's depending on the day, one may actually be more important than the other. Um, you know, it is absolutely everything to them. And, and for you to go on and play nine years in, in Mexico, that's a, that's a long stint in a very high intensity environment in terms of that league. So walk me through, I guess, some of that, you know, just some of those experiences, I suppose, where your eyes were open to, suddenly maybe the stakes were significantly higher, let's say, than maybe some of those MLS games that you first started your career in? Eye-opener is an understatement, to be honest. Because <laughs> I, did, I, didn't, I didn't grow up seeing big-time games on TV, like Champions League and Champions League Finals. Like, pretty much I grew up, I'd like to say, like, not knowing about any of that stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, like, I... Very quickly, the first time I saw a Champions League game was in my dorm room and at Cal Poly Pomona. I was walking through the dorm room and these guys were just screaming like crazy. And I, <laughs> I, I just stuck my head in there and they were like, oh, you're on the soccer team? Like, come check this out. And yeah. I think it was like Chelsea, Liverpool or something. Right. Who are these teams? You know, like, mm. why are you guys so crazy and screaming your heads off? And then that was like my introduction to Champions League. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, what is this Champions Like it. Literally, if you don't, it was like when I didn't know Spanish, I would walk around Los Angeles and never hear Spanish. Yeah. I would only hear English. Then I learned Spanish and I'd go back to go back home to, with my family and it's like, I only hear Spanish. Right. Like if your mind isn't open to something, you don't hmm. see it, you know? And so kind of how it worked with this Champions League to learn like the passion of football in the world. I just didn't really understand it. Mm-hmm. Even after playing five years in the MLS, knowing about Champions League, knowing about all this stuff, but I didn't really know about passion 
about mm. the game, you know, um, even with going to the World Cup and all that, like, okay, I got tastes of everything. And, but getting to Mexico, it was like all day, all day on TV, all, you know, anyone ever talked about, you walk Absolutely. in, especially in Monterrey where I went, mm. that is a football city. And they have mm. two teams, Monterrey, Tigres. And I was like, I went to Tigres and if there's someone from Monterrey, they would talk trash to you. They, you yeah. know, but Tigres, they would defend you <laughs> until you they die. You know, it's like that's how it is. Yeah. So um, I walked into that not knowing about any of that, and yeah. to add that on top of not knowing the language, not very many people on the team speaking English, uh, the whole culture change, things got a little bit difficult for me for almost three years. And um, sure. I would say it was very difficult for me to, to break into the team. Um, you know, I, I got a starting position, but they changed my position to center mid. I've been playing left fullback for my, you know, the first five years of my career. Mm. Um, I can honestly say like, I wasn't doing enough in terms of performance and in mm. terms of, uh, you know, what is it like results. Mm -hmm. um, and so very quickly I got put on the bench I trained extremely hard. You know, I tried fighting for that position, but just I couldn't couldn't do it. Um, and for three years, I, I, I kind of was stuck at Tigres. Tried to go on loan a few times, but just couldn't find the right situation. Mm -hmm. There was some tough tough three years where I wasn't playing. I think I played maybe eleven games in three years, and where I was coming from a you know league where I was used to being a starter every game, sure. being on the national team. And I stopped getting my national national team call ups because I wasn't playing in my domestic league. Mm -hmm. So things got hard, and and to be able to say like I'm still doing it after going through what I did for those yeah. three years, you know, there were times where I'm like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm done with soccer. If I can't find a new team right now, right, I'm done. You know, one one thing listening to you talk about all of these things and that sort of for me is something that we maybe don't talk enough about on this show is when when we're, we're also driven towards whatever this career may be that we're working towards and obviously competing at the highest highest levels within our respective worlds but so often it's these pieces outside of that particular world that when they're in place it actually allows us to streamline everything so beautifully in this in this other area that we are obviously so passionate about. And like you said, you spent three and a half out, uh, three and a half years, sorry, banging your head against a wall, wishing that you had opportunities, etc. And and during that time, it sounds like all these other pieces in your life weren't necessarily there either, and you weren't necessarily comfortable with those things. And suddenly, those pieces fall into place. The right opportunity comes your way, and all of this effort that you had to once apply, it sounds like all that effort almost disappeared and everything became seamless and, and just kind of simple. Does it, it, would you agree? I agree. I think the, the way you stated it right now is, is top notch. It was exactly, you know, if I couldn't have said it better myself, um, mm. definitely in those three and a half years where nothing was in place. <laughs> mm, yeah. I, was a I was a lost soul. I hadn't even used that term before. Like I was just floating through, through life trying to grab like whatever bit of success I could, but uh, mm. you know, I was very, very far away and I couldn't grab anything. Um, kind of when I let go, you know, the, one of the biggest changes was meeting my, my wife. Sure. She turned me around 
you know, they they have that thing behind every great man is a better woman, a great, more great a greater woman. Mm-hmm. Um, that is my case for sure. You know, mm. she 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 helped get my life back on track, my career back on track. Um, you know, I owe so much of of what I have now to her um, and what we've now built together. Mm. <clears throat> we like to say, you know, separate. We're both strong people, but together, oh, yeah. poof, we're we're unstoppable. You, we're so mm. we're so much stronger than one plus one is two. You know, obviously mm. one plus one is three when we when we have it together. Yeah. So. Um, no, definitely grateful for that. Um, and yeah, when you get all of those pieces together, you know, it's so important for a, a soccer player to be sleeping well, to be eating well, to be training well. Mm-hmm. All of those things in my first three years in Mexico just kept slipping away from me. I, you mm-hmm. know, I wasn't like I wasn't trying to eat well, but I, you know, I was living by myself and I, I like cooking, but any single guy knows it's like the <laughs> hardest thing to cook for yourself. Um, yep. especially when you're 25, 26 years old and mm-hmm. it's not easy. So, uh, you know, having someone who really cares about you and, and wants to see you doing all the right things, you know, makes it a lot easier. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, 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 I just can, I connect and relate with all of that. And, uh, you know, for me, I've uh, definitely gone through some hardships myself and, and so much of, where I am today is is because of I, w- I was able to put so many of these pieces into place around me before I really decided that you know the path that I wanted to take with my life and uh, I think hearing someone come on the show and and really just pinpoint so many wonderful examples of the power that that can actually have is is so helpful for our listeners to hear that because I think in being a competitor it's it's hard to be your optimal self and and compete at your highest levels when you're not actually completely comfortable with with who you are and, and and what's going on in life and i think that is just fantastic to hear and one one last thing i really wanted to cover with you johnny is is what what is left in the tank in terms of you the competitor because you've said it yourself you know you, you're 15 16 years into this thing now most soccer players would would probably hang up the boots around year 10 year 11 and, and you're just hammering on and you're you're in your off season right now getting in great shape um just talk to me a little bit about what the the rest of your career is is going to be fueled by what is it you still want to achieve yeah no i mean nowadays i have uh, the best motivation ever you know i have my my wife and my two little two little girls who mm. depend on me and they you know they look up to me and so I use them as, as my ultimate motivation to just keep going uh, in this game. You know, I, I am the oldest player on my, my team right now, but I like to think that, you know, I'm up there competing with, with all the guys in the running drills, the mm. youngest of them, um, you know, so all of that together, my motivation with my family is what has given me my new drive to play until I'm at least 40. That's like mm. my new goal. Awesome. I'm 36 right now, and you know, obviously four more seasons would be amazing. Uh, my body feels great. Like I said, since I met my wife, I've been eating really good. I you know, <laughs> sleep very well, as well as you can when you have kids. But yeah, uh, yeah, I relate to that definitely too. just, you know, life is just much better. And uh, mm. the last seven years, I've been able to kind of rejuvenate myself um, you know, get my career back on, on track. And I want that 
how it's felt to, you know, since I met my wife and all those good times, mm. I want that to keep going. And so well, what's in, in store, hopefully, you know, an MLS cup championship, There you go. Um, you know, with the Chicago fire, hopefully I would like to get back on the national team. You know, mm. it might be tough in today's youth driven soccer sure. because, yep. you know, the national team is constantly bringing in new young guys. But even if it's one more cap, you know, maybe in a January camp, something mm. that I think I still have a lot to bring to the table. Mm. Um, you know, that's what motivates me. And then day in and day out, just, uh, I want to keep getting better. You know, I, uh, I'm constantly looking for new ways that I can, even at my age, get better, uh, whether it's in my sport, whether it's in life, whether, you know, I think this podcast comes together because of a, this idea of wanting to get better, um, yeah. you know, with CG Sports. Uh, you know, they, they connected us and mm. that's kind of my idea of getting better and becoming a brand and, you know, so I get it. there's a lot, there's a lot left in terms of soccer career, uh, hopefully, and as mm. well as, you know, going forward from there. Uh, I just want to stay in that soccer world as long as I can um, mm. and to keep making memories, uh, hopefully big memories in the soccer world. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, if, um, I, I, you know, being completely honest, I, uh, I've been always been a fan, obviously of soccer. You know, I know it, I know it like the back of my hand. And, uh, I think it all, it almost surprises people sometimes just how much I know because of how little I talk about it now, because I'm not really around many soccer fans. Um, but you know, every single weekend I'm watching it all the time to my, you know, wife's disappointment um she, she doesn't she doesn't want me doing it but hey um you know in terms of just the, the point i was going to make is just really with where you are right now you're in the in a really exciting time in the mls like it's it's fantastic to see the sport of soccer continuing to grow you know i've got a a 20-month daughter and a five-month-old son um and you know what our intention is to be here for a long time in the u.s and uh it's crazy to me to think that you know, 15 years ago when I first moved out here, soccer was, this was right when you were probably just about to be drafted and, and, and just were being drafted. And MLS was starting to see real financial support probably for the first time. And it's, it's just growing. And the likes of David Beckham are creating teams within MLS now. It's, it's nuts. It's crazy. It's amazing. And, um, you know, my favorite player of all time, Steven Gerrard, comes over here and plays for, for two or three years with the Galaxy. You know, it's uh, an incredible seeing it and to obviously have this opportunity to to sit down and, and speak with someone who's 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 going to get to be involved with it by the sounds of it for at least another three four years you know it's it's just been a complete privilege and and, and just real exciting opportunity for me i just wanted to make that clear to you that you know i was really excited to bring someone on like, like yourself johnny and, and make you a part of the show and um i'm just excited to see what i guess what's in store for you but i guess i have to be a chicago fire fan now right is that am i am i a fan now is this how it works yeah that's, i mean you know my story you can be a fan of me and that's being a fan of chicago fire love it and, let's do it you know, I, I think uh <laughs> that's kind of I'll, I'll bring you on like family you know that's what i always told my family they always are only going to root for me and whatever team i was on they were going to root for that team so yeah. uh you know i leave that team if i play against my old team i can't you know can't be rooting for my old team of course yeah, you always got to root for the for the the name on or not. Yeah, family members have to root for the name on the back. Everyone right. else has to root for the name on, on the front. That's it. That's it. So uh, it. yeah, no. And so you can be a family member. You can be a Bornstein <laughs> fan for sure. 
I'm, I'm open to accepting as many as uh, there are <laughs> who want, want to be. Um, but yeah, no, shoot. Well, thank you so much for this opportunity. Also, you know, great to speak about this, you know, idea of competitiveness. I think it's what drives sports in general. It's what, you know, every kid grows up wanting to win. No one ever wants to lose. And, and being competitive, if you're not overly competitive and not where it drives you to be like a sore loser, then hmm. it is productive and it can be very productive in terms of growth for your life. And, uh, hmm. you know, I, I doubt I would be where I am today if, uh, and I didn't have as competitive a nature as I have. Um, and I can say that for a lot of my teammates too, you know, you, you grow up kind of competing with everyone around you and, hmm. You know, unfortunately, some people get left behind, others move on to great things. And uh, it's all just this thing of what we're doing and competing to, to be in the spotlight, I guess, you know. And, yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I think, you know, it's very important to be humble and to know and be thankful for what you have and, and for, you know, the, to be thankful for your abilities and, and for what, you know, has gotten you to where you are has gotten me to where I am. Um, and, you know, I'm happy that I was able to talk to you about this and, and you know, thank you for being a, a new fan. And I'm now a new fan of your podcast. Too, so uh, I appreciate that. I pretty, it can be the, uh, can be the official MLS podcast. I don't mind that at all. I'll take that. Um, but, <laughs> uh, but I, can't, I, can't, I can't give you that title. You can't but... promise me that. Okay, fair enough. Fair yeah, enough. yeah. I mean, we, we can work. We can try it. But I, yeah. um, Johnny, like I said, absolute pleasure. So glad we got to do this, man. And uh, all the best for the season ahead. Okay, stay healthy and uh, go, uh, go fire, all right? Yeah, thanks, Steve. Pleasure meeting you. My thanks again to Johnny for joining us on the show today and really appreciate, again, just to emphasize, as I did at the at the outset of the episode, his willingness to provide such a candid perspective on some of his, on some of the milestones within his personal life and that have had such a, a massive impact on his professional career. And using the term competitive rejuvena- rejuvenation, I find that just to be such a, a fantastic term that I think we can all take from this particular episode and think about how can we potentially and look at our personal life and say, what areas do I feel good about? What areas can I challenge myself on? And if I'm willing to do that and really dig deep into that part of my personal life, then what are the potential outcomes? What are the potential consequences in a positive environment, in a positive way that I can actually start to benefit from when it comes to my career goals, the way in which I want to compete at higher levels. So just some food for thought, but certainly some food for thought that's going to challenge you, going to really force you to sit down and give it some uh, some real thought. So I think that is just, uh, and in relation to this show, that's what we're all about, right? We, we want to challenge you in a way that's going to force you to discover the optimal version of yourself. And that isn't an easy process. So we have to be aggressive with that sometimes and really challenge ourselves. So take that into account here in terms of that competitive rejuvenation. Are you willing to potentially rejuvenate yourself from a competitive standpoint in order to reach some new highs? Again, thank you so much for joining us on the episode today. Make sure you leave a rating for what you thought of this particular episode on Apple Podcasts. 
five stars. I think we are worthy of that. If you're willing to click that fifth star, I'd greatly appreciate it. Be sure to give us a follow as well on Instagram at career underscore competitor. And in the meantime, best of luck with everything that you've got going on within your life. And I look forward to speaking with all of you very soon. Bye for now.